0: on and listen to Crazy Train Radio. You drive me wild. <laughs> what up, Crazy
1: Train Radio? You look like hell,
0: and I could look the same. What's the photo for? You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers! I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! truth, truth. truth
1: true i love scotch i love scotch scotch has got scotch here it goes down down into my belly what's it open
2: Say it.
0: Say it. 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 Don't mess with me. I'm one crazy nooboo. It's your least favorite host in the podcast world, croc, Jonathan Steele. Boy, do we have a good one for you today.
2: Hi, this is photographer Jean Fruth from Grassroots Baseball, and you're listening to Crazy Train Radio.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. This next guest is a returning guest to talk about her latest project as her images celebrate and illuminate. Big word for me, I know, folks. America's pastime from small towns to large cities that are connected by the historic highway Route 66. And when I say connects... We certainly need some positive thoughts when it comes to the particular game she shoots because we all know what's going on, labor disputes and whatnot, on the business side of things. But her new project is part of the grassroots Series. Miss Jean Froth, how are you?
2: I'm doing great. It's so great to be back.
0: Yes. uh, Well i was just joking as i hit the record button about i had spoken with you and jeff idelson who is a retired president of the hall of fame we were talking grassroots when you were on before so you got the new one grassroots route 66 so first and foremost what can you uh, mention about the new book
2: now, after we did grassroots baseball where legends begin um, we took grassroots to another level and we formed uh, jeff Edelson uh, and I co-founded an organization called grassroots baseball which celebrates the game introduces it to the kids at youngest levels we did um, clinics with hall of famers um, and our you know our plan is just to introduce the game of baseball uh, and and possibly help those you know in underprivileged communities that maybe don't have access to equipment and so this is how it started off as an organization and we said well where do we start where do we launch and we decided you know why not route 66 you know the mother road the americana and all those small towns you know from chicago to la as the song says And it was just a perfect place to start off. And we connected with legends who grew up there and people helped us along the way and all the little communities, you know, volunteers and just fabrics of, you know, just society and uh, that just do so much good for youth sports and especially, you know, baseball. And we just um, had a great start Uh, and baseball looks different in different places. And as we traveled and, you know, very, uh, urban Chicago, starting off there, and then in you know rural towns in Missouri and um, uh, reservations in New Mexico, and you know the beaches of of Santa Monica, uh, where the Route 66 ends. It was just a terrific journey, and uh, I'm proud of the pictures, uh, very much so, um, that came out of that book because it really does tell the story of the Americana. And all these great communities that you I mean, places that you've never heard of just small towns where people are just living their lives. And they have great communities of youth baseball, old guys playing um, vintage baseball and women playing baseball in in California. And um, it was it was just a great journey.
0: Now, when we were talking about when legends begin, I guess a year or so ago, give or take. One of the things that I found impressive with it was each section has a story by either a legend or a Hall of Famer or whatnot. And we were talking about like the Hank Aaron story and just Cal doing stuff for you and all. Would the the new book have the same type of feel?
2: It does, you know. So for each, you know, the uh, each state that Route sixty six goes through, we have a legend that talks about what it was like growing up along Route sixty six and playing baseball. Guys like Johnny Bench in Oklahoma, and he just tells a delightful story about growing up along Route sixty six and and his um, his idol in baseball, Mickey Mantle. Uh, got a chance to go to Commerce, Oklahoma. And Mickey Mantle's house is still there and the high school that he went to, Commerce High School. So I connected with that high school. We did a a terrific portrait um, outside of Mickey Mantle's home in Commerce. And guys like Jim Tomey tells just a terrific story, George Brett, Ryan Howard. um, We have uh, just a great mix of modern day players, hall of famers and um retired players that uh tell just wonderful stories billy hatcher for from arizona grew up in williams arizona his family still lives there his brother still is the high school coach of this the same high school where they where uh, they both attended mom lives right across the street from the school so it's just a great story so i'm i'm, I'm really excited to share the stories that uh in this one and i'm um, i'm excited i can't wait to send you a copy
0: awesome and i'm I know I was looking at some digital things that you had sent over because books aren't fully published and stuff yet. But I'm curious to know, was it easier this time around to have guys jump on to tell their stories? And obviously, I know you have a close relationship with Johnny Bench. So, and I'm guessing when you have somebody like a Johnny Bench vouch for you, it carries a lot of weight, but yeah. how was it approaching certain folks like a George Brett, a Tomy, Adam out on LaRoche and Billy Hatcher and stuff for book number two in the series?
2: Yeah. in a lot of ways, I suppose it was easier because we had some scoreboard with the first book and, and people, you know, they know that grassroots baseball is a not-for-profit. They know we're giving back all the proceeds from the book back into the program. And, you know the mission is a good one. And um I think people are happy to be associated with it. And they were very generous with their time uh, and to contribute these essays. And Johnny's done so much already for, for grassroots baseball. He really has been terrific. And you know, he cares so much. He, you know, he's such a philanthropic person, and the time that he gives to youth sports and all the things that he does. And He's very connected still to his hometown of Binger, Oklahoma. There's a Johnny Bench Museum in Binger, Oklahoma. He's connected to the people. He still has high school reunions there and, His kids, you know, visit Finger Oklahoma, as well as him. And um, and he's, you know, connected to Route 66. And yeah, he's been just terrific for the program. So you're right, when you have somebody like that starting you off, then the other guys, they see, and, and they like telling their stories, their childhood stories, you know? We're not asking for their big league playing days, which they've told those stories over and over again, the stories of their early days and where they came from. I think people like to talk about that and tell, tell that story that, you know, that you, you don't hear nearly as much.
0: Exactly. And I know Johnny is one of those guys. I certainly he's on that bucket list of folks. i like to talk to somewhere down the line cross my fingers the other one associated with the new book too it would be on that list from baseball is and I actually have a picture here on the wall from and you would notice uh, part of the Hall of Fame just as well the Ozzy Smith uh, charity function that they do or we're doing before COVID hopefully it gets back in the swing of things but Jim Tomey he's another one that's seems like he'd be a fun guy to chat with about not just his career but the game itself
2: he's just the nicest guy on the planet you know just the time he did a clinic with us and um the connection that he had with these young players and the time that he took and i watched him teaching a kid how to throw a ball for the first time and the patience you know he just had all the time in the world um for us and for the program and yeah he's just been a terrific champion he's just a a wonderful human being and um of course great stories and what a powerhouse of a player and uh, so it's fun to still see him and I'm glad he's out there you know we get to see him on MLB network and all the other things that he's doing to still contribute to the game today and um so yeah I'm, I'm, I'm certainly proud that he's he's part of that and we're we're very fortunate and grateful to have him as part.
0: But the, I just want to, I think it's appropriate to tell this story. But the picture I'm looking at was from Ozzy's give back to the Hall of Fame. And this picture was from 2019 from, because Ozzy does this to raise funds for the Hall of Fame and such. And that particular year, it was Ozzy, Trevor Hoffman, Tomy, and Alan Trammell.
2: Fabulous. And,
0: and so, you know, part of the thing is we get to get picture, pictures with the legends who are participating that year at this particular event. And the reason I want to bring this up was because, yes, you can look at them as Hall of Famers and the professional accolades, but I look at people as people in terms of how they treat others and with kids. And there were some kids at this event, but it was a lot of the adults that were participating. But the thing that stood out for Jim Tomey for me was obviously it was Hall of Fame weekend and such, but his son was with him this particular morning. And he was at the ball field for the part of the event and just seeing some a couple there was a couple down minutes as everybody was loading up and arriving and stuff. And to see Jim having that, those couple of moments with his son. I think shows a lot about the person and that meant a lot to me. So not everybody sees that.
2: I mean, what you're saying so resonates with me as well, because it just seems like it's the same guys that give back over and over again too. Ozzy Smith was also another one who was so um, generous with his time. He's not part of the book. He didn't grow up along Route 66, but he came to our clinic in St. Louis and he was just, fabulous with the kids and it's the same guys those the johnny bench the jim told me the ozzy smith you know and they give over and over again in so many ways and you're right that's how you judge a person you know it's not about you know it's not all about what they do on the field how they you know present themselves off the field and who they are as people is a lot more important and they're all just wow in my book
0: well i want to get into you a little bit besides and folks I will have links to the websites and Instagram and all that stuff because you got genefrothimages.com and out the wretched and grassroots website and stuff. But I'm curious to know because, yeah, a lot of people will shoot images with these things and stuff now. But as a professional photographer, I'm curious to know what are your go-to cameras and lenses?
2: Well, it's a good question, and yeah, when you're shooting, um, you know, and trying to make the pictures that I'm trying to make, you know, the gear is important. Um, you know, it's certainly not the most important thing, but I shoot with Sony, uh, Sony gear. Um, And there's a camera now that I shoot with called the A1. And it's just can't be a better camera for shooting sports. You know, the, the capabilities of these new cameras are just mind boggling. And what it does, it just gives you these tools to help you do your job better. You know, the technology is is incredible. And so then you're spending your time creating and framing and creating art because the camera's doing the work that it needs to do um, to get the job done. So, so Sony A1 is my go-to uh, camera body. And then lenses, it depends on what I'm shooting. Like when I'm shooting a professional game, I'll shoot with a 400 lens. You've seen that bigger lens, it's a 2.8 and it's just a very fast lens. It's great for professional sports and it does a terrific job. And um, so I'll always have that with me at every professional game I'm shooting, whether it's um, soccer or it's uh, baseball or um, football. And then I have a 70 to 200 lens, which is very versatile. So it can zoom in and out and it allows me to capture action or create something wider so I can show a background and have a sense of place to the images. And that one is always a go-to for me as well. Um, and then always some sort of wide angle. I have two different wide angles one that I'll use for like close up portraits, um, maybe pre game, taking portraits in a dugout or on a bench, um, and just little scene setting uh, uh, moments. And then uh, I have a wider lens, which is a 12 to 24, and I like to take those big sweeping stadium shots or just showing the scene like the opener. Um, in a beautiful way, so the lenses and the gear definitely make a difference in helping me tell the story. Um, so those are some of the go-to's that I use. I have some prime lenses that give my work a different look when I'm trying to take portraits or do a little pregame. And the other cool thing about them is they have l- screens on the back where you can flip the screen out and actually put the camera on the ground and still be able to use your autofocus and all everything that you need. And it gives the look of, you know, a heroic look to your subject, especially when you're photographing an athlete, you want that heroic look. So uh, the gear has come a long way. And I'm, uh, um, I'm, I i am i do not say, Oh, I wish I was back in the days of, I'm very happy to be in modern day technology and have this gear to help me do my job.
0: Absolutely. Now I'm going inside baseball, pardon the pun here. And you As far as professional sports goes, I know got a lot of tie-ins with like the Oakland Athletics and the Bay Area and such, but apparently you had picked up a trick in those early days of shooting baseball and such with shooting with wider lenses. So what does that actually mean?
2: Yeah, what it means is when I started working uh, with the Oakland Athletics, I was shooting with my mentor Michael Zagaris and he was he is the team photographer for the Oakland A's and has been for many years as well as the San Francisco 49ers. And Michael shoots in a whole different way. He's a storyteller and it helped me become a storyteller. You know, shooting action is exhilarating, but what he would do pre-game was something really very it was um, not being done at a lot of ballparks or any, you know, back in that day. And he was in front of the dugout and Oakland uh, is the only ballpark left that doesn't have a railing in front of the dugout. So we'd be in the visit in front of the visiting dugout. There's no railing and the players are getting ready to start the game and they're interacting and they're interacting with us. And we're just getting these great fun pictures of and portraits and candidates of just guys very loose before the game. And, um, and it taught me how to approach and be right in front of a player. You know, it's different when you're behind a long lens and you're shooting action. You're not making the connection. Michael Zagaris taught me how to connect and really make a re- create a relationship and start a relationship with players. And then they see you and they see you again and they trust you and they look at your pictures and they're happy with them. And, uh, and then you get more from them the next time. Uh, and so that's, that's what he is a master at. And I was you know, just grateful to get to learn from the best.
0: Well, I'm curious to know, with that being said, is there a particular guy, and I know you've dealt with so many guys on a professional level, but that you really got a true connection with And I know we talked about Johnny, but you weren't shooting during his playing days because you're only 22 years old. So timing wouldn't have worked out. But I know you've got stories about guys like Ricky Henderson and just lots and lots of guys from over the years. Is there a particular guy that really stands out for you to build a connection with?
2: I mean, there are definitely guys, you know, that I got to see, you know, like, you know, even a Hanley Ramirez, you know, seeing him through his career, you know, where, you know, there's the young Hanley and and then watching him grow. And and because I also travel um and I shoot internationally, they see me also during Winter League. So they are seeing me during the season, you know, uh documenting their team and there I am in the Dominican Republic or in Mexico or in Cuba, you know, and like the guys who have defected, you know, the Gurriel brothers, you know, I photographed them, you know, first, you know, in their Cuban uniform when they were still playing for their country. And then, you know, now in the United States. So it's a history that you build guys here, like Eric Cosmer, who, you know, he was, I, I, you know, documented his early years and watched him win the World Series with Kansas City. And now, you know, seeing him, uh, you know, with a big smile on his face in San Diego. And, uh, you know, he, when I see him, he calls me his personal photographer. You know, it's, it's, (laughs) it's, it's, it's fun to develop those relationships. And it's also an honor because they, you know, you have a trust there. And Um, and that takes time, you know, there's, there's nothing, there's no substitute for it. So over the years, I'm proud of that. I'm proud to, and to see them, uh, go from, you know, a rookie season all the way through and, you know, and then see them at the end of their careers. And it's amazing because I don't seem to get any older. They just do. So it's pretty shocking.
0: (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Especially being physical with, uh, being a professional athlete, it definitely sure wears you down. But I heard you mention in another conversation about it, and obviously I say this tongue-in-cheek, there's a, and it's not my cup of tea, there was always the East Coast versus West Coast rap, but apparently there's a story with East Coast versus West Coast photographers that there's a difference between the two. So could you actually tell that story a little bit?
2: That's interesting. Yeah. Well, I mean, the real battle is pizza. Like, where is the best pizza? You know, and you know, East Coast, and I'm from the East Coast, so now I'm going to maybe. I hope my East Coast friends aren't listening to this. Thank but <laughs> but I do think that now pizza is better on the West Coast. I know we're not talking about. We're talking about photographers not pizza but um there's great pizza on the east coast too and i still spend my time back and forth my family is still on the east coast and i probably spend a week a month uh, on the east coast still so i have connections to both sides the, the the experience that i had growing in my craft was on the west coast so and i really feel like that helped me as a photographer, I just, the experience I had was this group of photographers who surrounded me, gave me their time, taught me, it wasn't, you know, they, 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 They weren't competing. Everybody competes. If you're not competing, then you're not good. So you're competing, but competing in a way where you're also helping your your fellow photographer and along the sidelines of the 49ers in the dugouts with the A's and the um, San Francisco Giants, all along the way, I've had people helping me in such a tremendous way with their time and their knowledge and so I wouldn't be the photographer I am I don't think if I didn't grow up on the west coast in photography. So I just feel like there's a lot of peace and love that um that I got there uh, that
0: peace and love peace and
2: love. Everything moves maybe a little faster on the east coast, I don't know. <laughs> but but who knows? It's really who you connect with, right? Everybody has their story, you know, and I could have been with a group of photographers and it could have been the same or better, you know. I just don't know.
0: Definitely understanding being so i in the Philly region and spent most of my life here. Definitely got to some of the best. And I know yeah. I'll get, I know I'll catch hell from fans from the New York area, but eh, or even Midwest and Chicago, but.
2: I've had your pizza in Philly.
0: So yes. yeah. That's a good place. My, my I can't think of the name. Second street. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. But uh, with that being said, what you were talking about, the, different vibes from peace and love from the west coast uh photographers and east coast and i don't know i'm not in that game uh as far as photography i'm sure everybody is pretty cool to at your level but do you try to take some of those lessons and teach them during the workshops that you do
2: Yeah, the workshops now is an important part of what I do. It's time for me to give back. And, you know, and that's why Grassroots Baseball exists. It's surrounding my work with purpose and giving back. And that's where I'm at at this part of my life and this stage of my life. And if you don't help those who are coming next, you know, your industry suffers. And it's important to pass this on. And I have a lot of people reaching out to me, a lot of women photographers reaching out to me. Um, but all the, the youngins, you know, you gotta you gotta pass that knowledge on, you gotta give them the time. And I feel a responsibility to that, and it also makes you feel good. I just got a, a message today. Everybody it reaches out through social media, so you get these messages on Instagram or on Facebook. It's hard to keep track of them all. But this one particular photographer who's just terrific, and I looked at his work early on and helped him in any way I could just what's a good picture and what he may want to delete from his portfolio and he just got a a really nice big time job in photography and he reached out and just said I just want to thank you and tell you that I got this gig and makes you feel great right it's just I think I feel better than he does it's like wow you know if I could help somebody in a small way along their journey I mean it's it's a great feeling so I'm always happy to do it
0: and that's great because like you said, people helped you out coming up and now you're trying to help that next generation. It's, and it's whether it being photography in sports or whatever it is, it's always good to help that next up and coming group. And before I let you go, obviously I am familiar with your work with the hall of fame. Cause that's when I first learned of your name and your work and everything else like that. But how did you get connected with the Hall of Fame?
2: When um, I was working in the Bay Area and I was shooting Bay Area sports, um, uh, the Hall of Fame, I first went to the Hall of Fame um, to shoot Ricky Henderson's induction. It was actually my first time, and, that, and it was just such a magical place. And I also shot at the Football Hall of Fame in Canton, Ohio, and the difference between the two Hall of Fames really made me even – feel a deeper connection to baseball. When you go to the Baseball Hall of Fame and you know this, the history that's there and the stories, it just runs so much. It just, it it runs deep. It's just layers. And there's just so much more to the game, to me, of baseball. Not that you have to choose, but I do choose. And so, you know, and that's where my love is, is because the culture and the connecting of generations, you go to the Hall of Fame and you see, you know, this, the grandson, the son, the dad, the mom. I mean, it's just these generations um, and it's 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 storytelling. So having the opportunity, they were growing their social media. they just social media is becoming more and more important to them. And they were just posting historic photos. So I had the opportunity to shoot the modern day game and tie it back to history. And uh, the the initial um project or uh job for me was to grow their social media by by shooting the modern day game and that's how I got started it became far more reaching later of what I was doing with them doing portraits of hall of famers and special projects but it started off with the social media and it taught me how to be a storyteller because I had to tie this modern day game and so when I went to Camden Yards I had to know my history of you know What what was Camden Yards and what's the history and who are the players and what's the story and what's happening today and how do I tie those two things together and uh, it made me a much better photographer and I certainly learned my baseball history from it so
0: yeah you 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 are killing me right now in a good way because again like I said for the most part of my life I've been based in the Philly area however. I am, It have since I was a kid, I grew up when Cal Ripken was playing and everything. I'm 37. And Cal has always been my guy when it comes to baseball. So, and I've always, even to this day, I actually had a suite for my birthday last year, for their Hall of Fame night. For my birthday, that was the one time I splurged.
2: Oh, was how like, great. It
0: was it was have been a blast oh it was a yeah one of those little smaller boxes it wasn't a huge you know fifty thousand dollar sweets but so camden yards has a special place in my heart and That's the awesome. whole thing you know what i mean it's just i i can't describe it and it, like i'm almost gonna break a sweat and it's not because of the ring light <laughs> but but you know it's like to hear that you shot there doesn't surprise me but and as you were saying that stuff, it's awesome that you try to, and I'm not saying this because she's on the line, folks, but with your work in particular, because I'm very familiar with it, I always appreciate it. And I know sometimes it can be harder with bigger games, such as World Series and everything else and that you do shoot. And it's great that you do the grassroots stuff as well which folks i will have links to everything below all the outlets to this but i appreciate that jean says it or had said it there but she tends to bring fresh looks to whether it be the storytelling of what she's shooting or games the little leaks whatever and everything in between and that's what makes her work i think stand out compared to many other photographers
2: I appreciate you saying that. Thank you.
0: But like I said, grassroots baseball, where legends begin is already out. She's got the new project for shooting Route 66, which what when does that come out officially? End of
2: April will be released end of April. It'll be in books, bookstores and on Amazon and uh, on our website, of course.
0: Obviously. So folks, check out the projects and go back and also listen to the episode we did where legends begin where we had jeff idison join us as well which jeff's a great dude love talking with him when i get every opportunity but definitely depending on where you're going to be east coast wise and once they get baseball up and running i definitely will be having you sign my copies if we're in the same area but Gene, thank you so much
2: thank you thanks thanks for having me on
1: is truly exciting and so glad that they are starting to make a positive impact. Little Bean Soapery is a woman-owned small business based in northeast Pennsylvania. Little Bean Soapery does so much as all products are handcrafted and offer many different things for both men and women. Soaps, scrubs, body butters, bath bombs, solid cologne, and much more. Little Bean Soapery also does things for special occasions such as birthdays, Mother's Day, Father's Day, and special seasonal gift sets. But also, let's not forget large orders for party favors by request. The great things about all products is that they are crafted to be nourishing on the skin. If you wish to check them out, please feel free to visit littlebeansoapery.com. Any questions, please feel free to also email littlebeansopery at gmail.com for custom inquiries and or ask anything else you wish. Tell them that Elena from Crazy Train Radio sent you. Hi everybody, this is good old JR Jim Ross, the author of Slobberknocker. you're listening to crazy train radio damn right you are